Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And thank you, Anthony Slater, our Warrior Insider, for jumping in. Uh, hey, Anthony, what's uh, what's going on? Is, uh, is Jordan Poole going into the starting lineup full-time or what? What's the deal? Let's cut right to the chase here. No, he is not. All right, there um, you have it. Yeah, uh, Clay Thompson <laughs> will stay in it, which I mean, you know, you can you can view that politically or whatever. But you know, the rehab that starting lineup is like remains one of the best five man units in basketball. I mean, every metric says they still are like dominant. Um, you know, they do need to figure out how to, you know, I guess unlock pool to a greater degree off the bench. But I mean, there was. I mean, he he ended the last three rounds of the playoffs coming off the bench last year and was fine. So they just need to find combinations that fit him better. And I do think that they are attempting to do that now with Jermichael Green as the backup five. Lamb's going to play more. He can shoot it. Just space the floor a little bit better for him. Um, and then start him when Clay sits, which is going to be one night of every back-to-back. Yeah, so, I mean, I was kind of telling Jake with the question, Anthony. I guess the better thing is when you see a performance like that, um, I know we're nowhere close to this. But is what you just said in ink for the rest of the year, or or at what point could there be a discussion? I think it is uh, in ink. You know, um, playoffs is where you 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 probably come to tougher decisions. But Clay Thompson's like just physicality uh, is needed in the playoff series. You saw it in the finals last year against Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Like you need a six foot seven dude who can you know body up uh, some of the bigger wings in the league, which which pool isn't. Um, but you know, depending on the series, you know, he's, you could, you know, put pool in for Looney. If you feel like you need to go small, you could put him in or clay, I guess, theoretically. I remember last year before the playoffs, Wiggins was struggling and the thought was maybe you have him in the starting lineup for Wiggins. Now that conversation is gone. Um, but the like pool's got to play 30 minutes. He's got to be able to lead that second unit. Cause he's a, like basically the non-step minutes. He's the second best playmaker on the team. So he needs to be, and he is being paid very well, or at least will be next year to lead those those units. Um, I think the conversation maybe we could have is like closing lineup. You know, if, if it's a night where Clay's clearly off and there's been plenty of them early, you close with Poole instead of Clay. That's probably a tougher discussion, but the one on a night-to-night basis, Steve Kerr can adjust to depending on how Clay looks. And do you think that the whole notion of the starting lineup, is it Clay in a comfortability or is it Clay with a, more of, a, of an ego thing? Because he hasn't come off the bench since his rookie year. Is it more Clay wants the status of being a starter or is it more comfortability for him? I think it's all of the above. Um, I think that uh, also, like he's in, in many ways proven um, he. he like that, the, he he works within the lineup. Like he needs to get going more, but they're not. They're fine starting games, right? I mean, like they're they're up ten to start every game, so it's working. So I, to me, there's not like some you know huge urgency to change it. Uh, it's just like you know they need to get him going, and to me, that's that's different than like 
you know, changing up exactly who's on the floor right to start the game. Maybe changing lineup combinations again, as I said, closing lineup type things. But um, yeah, Clay's a prideful guy. I mean, to, to your original question, like, yeah, like Clay does not want to come off the bench. Like, that's just the reality of it. Anthony Slater with us here on Willard and Dibs talking Warrior basketball. Okay, what do you make of of the Wiseman move? And and Anthony, to the best of your ability, what do, what do you think they're really thinking right now? They're really thinking that he needs like uh, you know a long stint to, to jumpstart his career, and it cannot come with the Warriors because they can't play him right now. I mean, he drags every lineup down. They have a 124 defensive rating with him on the floor. Um, it's, you know, part of the second unit problems that have bled over into Jordan Poole was like, you know, how, how bad he'd been, uh, you know, really to start the year, I guess, in those units. So it's just a restart. You know, I don't think there's any urgency. I know people want to talk about, well, does this mean a potential trade? Does this mean the split up? It's November in an NBA season. I really think they just need to get him down there. Um, you know, try to, try to refresh his mind, hope, you know, hope he can go down and have, you know, 25 and 12 type nights and, and gain a little bit of a rhythm. And you could say that's for, uh, I guess, trade market purposes. You know, if he goes down and is really good in the G League, that would help in that realm. But also, you know, Looney tweaks an ankle in, in mid-December or Jermichael Green goes down with something. Like, you know, he might need to be used down the line and you need to get him more ready for that. And it's much better to do that in Santa Cruz in a low-stakes environment than just glued to the bench with the Warriors because we can all see, like, he's going to remain glued to the bench if he's with the actual big Warriors. And is it a question of confidence or is it more about fit for Wiseman right now because it seems more and more like it's becoming apparent that maybe the way he goes about playing doesn't fit with the Warriors' style of basketball? Yeah, and I think we've always known that. You know, I think some of the... You know, when they drafted him, I think that the thought process maybe kind of was like, hey, there's going to be a post-Steph Curry era, right? I mean, he was always going to age well, but I'm not sure there was knowledge at the time. Like, oh, no, they're going to, like, you know, restart the dynasty and be defending champs, and Curry's going to look as good as ever at age 34, 35. Um, So you kind of need to be able to play in a Steph Curry ecosystem for the next several years. And, yeah, like he's – I mean, you could have even seen that pre-draft. Like, he's a – pick and roll diving big that you know doesn't have great early career feel for basketball in general and passing and like you know as a rookie they tried to kind of make him Andrew Bogut David West style like you know pass out of the high post type stuff he's just he's incapable of doing that that doesn't mean he can't be successful in the league there's plenty of you know pick and roll dive bigs they kind of tried to make him do the JaVale McGee role maybe he can get to that um, but to get to that, he's just got to be better defensively. I think that he, he he could survive on the floor offensively in the NBA. And, and you know, you saw it in a few games. He can be efficient. He, you know, remember the Lakers opening night? Problem is he just gets attacked so much defensively. And, and that, to me, is like the problem he needs to fix quickest. Anthony, uh, you know, you, you look at this team, and, and it feels like it's been such a bumpy start, but if you've bought tickets to a game, you're very happy. They're 6-1 and one at home. You follow them. What the hell happens when they get on a plane? Yeah, um, I mean, you can go, almost go game by game. They've blown a lot of, like, you know, winnable games. You know, I know the conversation has, has surrounded mostly the second unit, which has struggled, but it's like, you know, they're up four with a minute left in Charlotte with the veterans on the floor. They lose that lead, then they get pounded by a bad Hornets team in overtime. They have a lead down the stretch in Orlando. They lose it to to a very young Magic team. They had a lead in Miami. They lost it uh, the other day in Sacramento. You know, they got outplayed by Demonis Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox. And when I say they, I'm talking about Draymond Green and Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. Like, you know, the main guys have, have let 
four road wins, you know, bleed away. They could be four and three on the road and then flip their record right now. What does that make them? You know, ten and four. Um, maybe you only get three of those. Okay, you're nine and five. Like, um, they just, I mean, this is the greatest core ever at winning road games in like the toughest environments. Five months ago, they closed out the Celtics in Boston in game six. I just kind of feel like they need to get their late game mojo back a little bit. And is part of that the reinsertion now of Jermichael Green into the, that stretch five role, that big man role late in games? How important will he be in revitalizing a bench that's really struggled? Yeah, I just think he fits better like that. You know, we always have these, this always happens with the Warriors. They, they, they bring in, you know, combo forwards, like three, four, five type uh, players and, you know, try them in different positions, and then it always ends up coming to, oh, well, he's kind of got to be a center in this Warriors environment. Eric Paschal, I think, is a great example of that. They tried to make him a three. It became clear he had to be like a small ball five man. A Kaminga, I think, is kind of trending that way, right? You know, when they drafted him, it was like, oh, is he, could he maybe be like a, a Paul George-style small forward? Kind of like a small ball big at this point. That's just what you have to be with the Warriors. Looney was drafted not necessarily as a center. Um, so it's just, to me, the way the Warriors want to play, fast, mobile, shoot, face the floor, like Jermichael Green only really fits as a center. They need a backup center because I don't think you want to overburden Draymond Green with a ton of center minutes. And, and James Wiseman's not ready to be the backup center, so it makes a lot of sense uh, to put uh, Jermichael in that spot. Anthony Slater on 95.7 The Game. Let's uh, let's not forget to uh, to talk a little bit about tomorrow night. Clay Thompson and Devin Booker round two, huh? Like, uh, based on what happened last time, wh- what do you think spills over, if anything, into this one? Yeah, I don't think it, you know, erupts. <laughs> I, I, I would doubt just ma- the mathematics would tell me that, uh, you know, Clay Thompson's unlikely to get ejected again. That was the only time in his entire career. Uh, but he's going to be fired up and, like, you know, Clay's in a situation where they, they could be playing the, the Charlotte Hornets tomorrow and he's going to be fired up. He's trying to, like, uh, you know, I guess light a fire under his season right now. You saw probably saw his Instagram post the other day. Like, basically, a flood is coming. Um, so he was already going to be juiced, but you throw the ESPN in Phoenix, what happened with Booker. Um, I bet he comes out firing. And that sometimes that's a good thing for the Warriors. He can get hot. He can go have one of those six to six first quarters. But of late, that's not necessarily a good thing for their offense. He's one of the least efficient high-volume shooters in the league right now. So, uh, you know, good or not, I do expect Clay Thompson to take a lot of jumpers early on. And is that something they need to address, Anthony, the whole idea that Clay seems to be hunting his shot and he's doing it from the three-point line more often than we've seen throughout his whole career? Does he need to recalibrate and get back to more of a mid-range shooter? Um, you know, I, I think more than like exactly where on the floor he's shooting the shots, like what type of shots, you know, how early in the clock are these smart shots. He had a couple in Sacramento the other day that were just, I mean, so obviously mistake shots. I mean, there was one with the shot clock off and 12 seconds left in a quarter, which is like every NBA rule tells you, you know, dribble it out, you know, don't allow the other team in possession. He just chucked the three, you know, just because he wanted to. Uh, those are the type of shots that, you know, they, they got to, you know, I guess, uh, get out of him, but this is what happens when he's pressing. We, they went through this uh, when he came back last season. Remember the first 15 or so games he was uh, shooting like basically a shot per minute. It's all about getting you know shots within the flow of the offense. Sometimes that is the 18-footer. If it's the three, that's fine, but make sure you know generally catch and shoot within the flow of the offense. Don't, like you said, go hunting. Uh, the tr- 
you know, there's been a few where they, they kick it ahead to him in transition, and they're kicking it ahead to just kind of, you know, get flow going. And then he just pulls, like, 20 on the shot clock. He's shooting a 30-footer. It's like, okay, you probably, you know, considering the percentage you're shooting right now, probably shouldn't take that. But, you know, he's trying to summon game six clay at all times, it seems, and it's, it's kind of hard to break that out of him. Anthony, great stuff. Enjoy Phoenix. Are you going, I assume? Are you going to be in Phoenix? I actually am uh, taking this one off. Mark Thompson is going for us. But, okay. Uh, yeah. All right, perfect. Well, uh, enjoy doing what the rest of us are going to do and enjoy watching the game then. And, uh, and thank you very much. All right, folks. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.